Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left and Straight Show, guys. It is Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton, and joining me tonight in just a couple of seconds is my amazing intern, Han. Last night's show was a great musical Monday. We started out with our special correspondent, Jay Knight and his mini interview with Madison Olds of Canada. We uh, debuted one of her new songs and it was fantastic. And then we talked to singer songwriter Jake Castro, whose debut EP Child will be coming out really soon. Supposed to come out, of course, the last couple months, but COVID, you know. And tonight we're going to have a great episode for you again. Special correspondent Adam Rothenberg to be calling in from New York City with his monthly East Coast Entertainment Minute. And then for our special guest interview tonight, we have U.S. Men's Gymnastics elite athlete Paul Ruggieri. He'll be back on the show to talk about his journey since we last spoke. It's been a big three years and a lot has happened since then. But let's get Hannah on. Han, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I am doing pretty good. It's been a busy day around here. How's everything going for you? Anything exciting in your neck of the woods? Uh, not a whole lot. Wyoming has been Wyoming. Uh, the only thing is that we're finally starting <laughs> to actually put restrictions on people going to the stores without masks because for a while they said that that wasn't an issue and it wasn't going to affect anyone. Aha, uh-huh, but now things are changing everywhere, it seems, right? Crazy stuff. Yeah. Wow. And what have you heard about school? Do they know if they're going to do remote school yet? Are they going to expect you to be there? What's supposed to happen that? Um, A lot of schools, like the college that I go to, are doing hybrid classes. So some of my classes will be online only, and some of them will be half online and half in person. That'll be interesting to see if they set all those seats six feet apart, whatever they do in masks. It's going to be a very interesting year for sure. How was your weekend? Did you do anything over this past weekend exciting? Uh, I actually went out with some friends this weekend, uh, and we did some fun, uh, like, games and stuff like that, like party drinking games and stuff. So that was pretty interesting. Like, there's not a whole lot to really do here, especially since uh, our town is still under quarantine. Gotcha. Now I hear you. I hear you. We went out a little bit on Saturday, and it was kind of fun. Went up to the river and did the same thing. Little partook of some adult beverages and had a good old time. So, yeah, I definitely enjoy that. Very, very nice. Anything else exciting going on? 
Uh, I can't really say that there's like a whole lot of things that I know of that are uh, extremely exciting uh, in terms of like news and everything like that. Uh, politics is politics. Uh, that's basically everything that I can even say at this point. <laughs> there you go. We got Adam coming on in just a couple seconds here, so he'll be able to fill us in on all the fun stuff, at least what's happening on the East Coast. So. Uh, one thing I do want to shout out before Adam gets here, a good friend of our show, Justin Root. He does the Justin Root Show over in L.A. You can find him on YouTube and Instagram. He's been doing some killer walking tours of L.A. where he goes to all the houses from movies like uh, Pretty in Pink and all these classic movies and different locations. Well, he got shouted out this weekend by the Hollywood Reporter which is a real big trade magazine for all the movie types in L.A., for doing a walking tour of, I guess it's the one-year anniversary of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that movie. Have you seen it yet, Han? Yeah, I've seen that movie. It's been, it was pretty good. It was a good movie. Well, it's the one-year anniversary for it, so Justin did a walking tour of some of the locations around Hollywood where it was filmed, including Musso and Franks and stuff. And the Hollywood reporter picked it up. So uh, I'm so proud of him. And I hope he gets a lot more gigs like that because he's been doing walking tours everywhere, talking about the Hollywood sign and what's the story behind it. So a big shout out to our buddy, Justin Root. If you're not following him on Instagram, it's the Justin Root show. And uh, I'm just so proud of him for getting a great article in the Hollywood reporter. But let's go from West Coast to East Coast because our good friend Adam Rothberg is on the air with us tonight. Of course, from the Call Me Adam blog, blog, Broadway podcasting network and everything else. Adam, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I am so excited to have you on. I have my intern, Han, in with us tonight. She's kind of listening in and hearing all the fun insight you have. How's everything in your world? Uh, everything's going pretty well. I mean, all things considering, um, right. I've been doing, I've been doing a, a lot of interviews. I have probably, I think I have enough interviews that I have to edit now in the queue to take me through the rest of the summer and into early fall. So that's exciting. Um, you are and, ahead uh, of the game. Wow. I mean, it just, they it just all like, it just all came at one time. It's like, you know, going at a steady pace of, of being able to do one interview, edit it, release it, and then all of a sudden I got a, a, a slew of, of interviews. But I'm very excited for them all. So um, nice. I uh, feel very fortunate in that respect. And you've been and, in your new uh, apartment for a month now. Are you actually to go out and allowed to eat around? Is New York open up to go eat? Have you been able to explore your new neighborhood yet, or how's that going? Uh, we've been exploring um there's a few restaurants in the area where you could eat outside um i've traveled back to the city actually to have uh dinner with family and we ate outside and it's for me personally it's an okay experience um i mean i love getting to see everybody but um i do have concerns you know when you're eating and and our masks are off uh you know, and people are walking by and some of them have a mask on, some of them don't. It's a little, you know, disconcerting. But thankfully, I mean, uh, I've remained healthy, but um, I, I'm definitely an advocate for wearing masks. And um, I think it's important that everybody does. So uh, I, I don't know how 
often I'm really going to be eating out right now at restaurants. I hear you. And good on the mask advocacy. We all need to be doing it. What's on your hot button for the stories today? What do you want to share with the listeners? Anything exciting Uh, on your radar? Yeah. So I just want to quickly get to my notes because I wrote everything down. Um, So uh, I've been watching, I just started watching the new uh, Zac Efron show on Netflix, Down to Earth with with Zac Efron, where he goes around the world to show us um, how different countries are um, using, um, uh, I don't know the exact term for it, but like, like they go to Iceland and they show how they're using um, the, the, um, all the waterfalls and the water to like, turn that into um, electricity for the country. They go to um, Costa Rica to show how one segment of the population has created this um, sustainable earth living where they, um, you know, they grow their own fruits. They they have an animal sanctuary for injured, uh, injured animals. They created schools for kids. I mean, it's really amazing. And it's so interesting to see the different parts of the country and how, parts of the world uh, make, make, you know, everyday things that we use like electricity and, and, and like they go to France to show how well their water purification system is um, compared to how we do it here in the United States. So I find it very educational and I definitely think there's things that could be improved here. So hopefully this show somehow get those improvements here. I like um, it. That's a whole new reason for me to watch. I was just going to watch it because Zac Efron's looking hot as a daddy bear. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good to know. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, a, a guest of yours that was on, I think it was last week or the week before, Stan Zimmerman was just on your show recently. Right. He is, uh, he has a play uh, reading with um Wendy Malik and uh, Andrea Bowen from um, uh, Desperate Housewives. It's called Knife Through the Heart, and that's um, it's on that paper. Cl- uh, it's like pay per view online. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, play per view. That's it. Um, it's online through July 30th, so till Thursday. So you could still go and watch it. Um, and then, as far as like personal things going on. Um, I just released a few interviews with um, another guest of yours who was on your show, Rachel Sage, the singer-songwriter. Isn't she sweet? She's so, so sweet. nice. So nice. We did um, we did a great interview together that's um, on my podcast. And uh, David Joseph Berg from uh, Beetlejuice on Broadway, and he was in Alter Boys. He just started. Um, he's just about to start in August. He's going to be launching a new company called Broadway Breathwork. And to teach you how to use your breath to create the the life that you want, and oh, that's um, awesome. yeah, and then I also just interviewed um, Jason Michael. He's an actor, dancer, but uh, for the past few years, he's been the MC at Chippendales in Las Vegas, and um, we had a fantastic conversation about. Um, Chippendales and and what a great um, equal opportunity employer they are and how he's the only gay male dancer in the troupe and um, he talks about his most embarrassing moment in Chippendales to date and it's it I don't want to give it away because it like I my jaw literally dropped when he told me and I was like I did not see that coming 
Nice. Yeah. So those are some, some fun interviews that I've done. And um and then on my website I interviewed um Steven Metz, who's a new he's a rising country singer. Uh he has a new single out all about how to get through tough times called um Luck of My Own, which is I think something we all could use right now. And uh right. and I also interviewed Jessica Share. She has a uh show online um that is on onstageblog.com and it's a um it's like it's like stage it. It's a, a new like a streaming platform. Um and it's all about Betty oh, Davis uh-huh. and the night that she lost the Oscar to um uh to Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind and uh it's a very interesting uh viewpoint of Betty Davis uh, in that time. Oh, that'd be wild. I like that. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of variety coming up and uh I mean that I've been doing. So that's been fun. And then just, you know, still getting through the pandemic. I like it. Well, before I let you go, I need to ask you about, do you have any inside behind-the-scenes scoop on these murder mysteries that are starting to come out of Broadway? I am, like, obsessed. Oh, the, um, I just read about the um, that new series that's coming with uh, Carolee Carmelo and um, – off the top of my head, I'm forgetting who else is in it, but she, I know, stuck out for me. Yeah, it's called, like, A Killer... I forgot the exact a title. A Killer Party, A Murder Mystery Musical. Yes. And Alex I Newell is in it. No. And Jeremy Jordan is portraying himself in it. So I am yes. all about musicals. I'm all about murder mysteries. So I'm really looking forward to this. So, yes, me yeah, too. I don't, I don't have any behind-the-scenes information because I just read about it myself. So... Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And I mean, anything with Carolee Carmelo, I'm, I'm interested. So there you go. Well, if you find any scoop, you got to share with me privately over social. Cause I'm excited. I actually, I'm hoping this Thursday, Adam, I'm very excited for this. I'm interviewing Patrick Ortiz that plays Alex Newell's boyfriend on Zoe's extraordinary playlist. And oh, so since Alex is in this, murder mystery i'm hoping he's going to give me a little inside scoop on it we'll see what happens yeah i'm really I'm, oh that would be I'm exciting that. and then another murder mystery that's not a musical is being put together by andrew barth feldman of dear evan hansen he's the one i saw do it first he's doing it. it's called broadway Who Done It. that he's actually writing himself and now oh, wow. he wants to write one for patty lapone so those are my, oh my two God. Broadway things that I'm pretty excited about because I really like Andrew Barth Feldman, like you said, Alex Newell and Carmelo. Everything should be some amazing murder mysteries that they're going to stream yes. online. Yes, I'm I hope excited. he when he writes it for Patty Lapone. I hope he somehow uh, intricates her basement into it. I'm still obsessed with her basement. Right. <laughs> we still yes. haven't got you to play pinball there yet. That's one of our goals I know. in life to get you to play pinball with Patty Lapone. I know. Goodness I think we'll have to wait gracious. till the till we can be uh till we can be together in a room for that to happen. There you go. It, it would exactly. be a little it'd be a little tricky happen. to do. Yeah. Very very well, I love cool. It. Well, we'll have to maybe we'll be able to go the streaming. We can't even go see it together. That's horrible. I'm going to try to get to New York. My oh. goal is to do 2 weeks of New York in September. So you're going to have to be on be my co-host. 
Um, if I okay. get to New York, if, if, things, if people are allowed to get out and talk to each other, we'll be we'll be doing it in New York in September. I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully that things be will be open exciting. and we can have a cocktail under a mask or something. Yeah. Well, Adam Rothenberg, it's always great to find you and talk to you and see all the inside scoop of what's happening on the East Coast. Let everyone know where they can find your amazing podcast and follow you on social media, my friend. Yeah, you can follow me on social media at Call Me Adam NYC, and you can find my podcast at broadwaypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the podcast is called um, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. There you go. Guys, that is our special correspondent, Mr. Adam Rothenberg. Adam, stay on the line for me. Guys, we're going to play a little music from our buddy Matt Stern up in Canada. When we come back, we're going to have the amazing elite athlete, Mr. Paul Ruggieri, on the show. And uh, we'll talk to him in just a couple minutes. You'll listen to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
walk in the door I don't know if I feel safe in this place anymore In this place anymore I can't hold on, it's gonna hurt me But letting go is hard to do And though we chose to do it perfectly I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you That was our good friend, Matt Stern, from up in Canada with Keep Me Awake. And I'm definitely hoping my next guest will be able to keep awake. He has been killing it in school lately, and we have a late-night interview on the East Coast. I'm so happy to have him back on the show. It's been a hot minute since we chatted on air. Back then, he was still finishing up school at his beloved University of Illinois, competing for the U.S. as an elite gymnast in competitions around the world, winning himself and the U.S. team an impressive array of medals. Since then, he's moved to New York City, married, unfortunately divorced, moved back to his hometown in upstate New York, embarked on a career in nursing, and that's just been like the last year and a half, guys. He's dealing with so many things that athletes face once they're no longer competing, wondering kind of, who am I now? And so it's going to be a great chance to catch up, talk to him, and see how he's doing. So welcome back to the show the handsome and very studious Mr. Paul Ruggieri. Paul, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Scott. Thank you. You just crushed it. <laughs> ah, thank wonderful. you, my friend. <laughs> no I'm excited problem. to Thanks have you back. Me. I mean, I'm excited. Anytime. We've kept in touch on social media over the years and everything, but we don't get to talk ever, so it's nice not to have a keyboard in front of us. So it's great just to chat. Good to have you on. I know, right? I know it's so true. You know, the world of social media just keeps us all interconnected, you know, even when we don't want to be. <laughs> I'm just exactly. kidding, but I'm glad I'm glad that we've stayed in touch. You've been an amazing support over the years and uh, I'm really glad to be here and looking forward to our chat. I am too. I mean, last time we had a good background chat and everything, you were you were working hard over it. Illinois there and going through your gymnastics. I think I got to see you when the team traveled to Pittsburgh through Pittsburgh, like three years or four years back, whatever it was, but we didn't get a chance oh, to man, talk. I think it was like four. Hell. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. So, but I think it was four years. Like three years ago, but you've had, you've had some time going on my friend. Um, how's everything? Are you, you're, relocated to Syracuse are you enjoying being back in that area I lived in Syracuse for two years and kind of loved it to be honest no way where did you live if you don't mind me asking I don't remember it was real near a diner a steel diner in kind of the back end side I don't remember exactly I used to work at uh, the mall there when they used to have uh, the little carousel that was there what was that yeah yeah, it was so, Destiny. It, it, I mean, now it's called Destiny, that they've made a lot of improvements at the mall. But, I mean, it's it's a really great place to live. I mean, I know you were only here for two years, so you probably didn't get to enjoy all that upstate New York has to offer. But if you did, you know, I grew up here, and 
there's so much to do. The upstate New York or central New York, I guess, is what we more likely should call ourselves. Um, we have everything. We have access to the Great Lakes, the Finger Lakes, the Adirondacks. You know, there's mountains and lakes there. St. Lawrence River, Canada, New York City. And New York City is the farthest piece away. Um, but truly, right. you know, I grew up here and everywhere I went around the country through my, you know, collegiate and athletic careers, I was just always comparing myself, my life to what I had in Syracuse. And, mm. you know, even in living in New York City, you know, on paper, I had an apartment in downtown Manhattan. You know, I had a business in Manhattan. I was married. It, it looked like I had everything that anyone could have ever wanted, you know, especially as a homosexual man. You know, it, it's, I think a lot of people want to live in New York City. Not a lot of people get the opportunity to do it. But, right. you know, it just wasn't for me, you know. So being here is just, wow, man, it, it's great, honestly. And to be near my family you know, means so much to me too. I, I'm lucky to have had the experience in life that I have, that I have had, you know, to go out, experience the world and to be able to realize like, you know, you kind of find happiness maybe when you start to, I guess, put down roots where you are planted. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, definitely. I, I mean, even when we talked last time, like three years ago, you always, you talked about your dad and your brother and your, your aunt was a gymnast back in the day. I remember. So, I mean, we ha yep. you had such a connection to your family and your Italian roots so much all the time already. So I knew how important that was to you. So I was kind of excited to, to have you back there. That's kind of cool. I'm glad you're enjoying Absolutely. it. You have a good and your Instagram is like a freaking picture postcard. I tell you, I love your Instagram. You're, you're going over <laughs> there to a, all those great uh, little trips, and your dog gets around better than I do in those damn mountains. So I'm not real happy. With oh my right gosh! <laughs> I know everyone. Everyone sends me messages. They're like, "Why are you letting your French bulldog climb mountains?" I'm like, "You know what? She likes it. <laughs> she just goes straight up the mountain faster than anybody." And everyone, everyone loves her. You know, if anybody out there listening has a French bulldog, you know what I'm talking about. People just love to stop and talk to you because you have a French bulldog. <laughs> So cutest that's always fun on the trail. Yeah, exactly. If I ever get up to Syracuse, I'm using her as a guy magnet, yeah. taking her for a walk somewhere. Yeah. Because goodness gracious, you, so cute. It works. So well behaved. It works. <laughs> She's a good. Well, you girl. talked about. Do you have a dog? Um, be, go ahead. What was that? Did you have a dog? I haven't had a dog forever. We were never a big pet family because the first time we had a dog, we got a Siberian Husky when my brothers were like three and five and the thing grew about twice their height and kept knocking them over. Oh. So they were a little scared oh. of dogs to begin with growing up. And then oh. when I got my own age where I could go ahead and do whatever I want with a pet, I traveled to my, I mean, I was kind of like you in school, I would bebop around and travel through a lot of my job and things like that. And I didn't think I could take care of one well enough or be home enough. So I never got no, to be a pet person, but I love other people's pets so much. They're so cute. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, you talk a little bit about being gay in New York City. I want to talk about yeah. sexuality for just a second because when you were on last time, I mean, you were never hiding your sexuality back in college. But we didn't talk about you didn't talk about it in the press, so I didn't want to talk about it on the radio show before. But I want sure. to talk now and talk about when did you first come out to yourself, and when did you kind of first start finding your LGBTQ tribe and finding people around you that could uh, support you in this journey. Sure. Um, excuse me. Sorry. Um, I pretty much started, you know, you have to forgive me. My memory is not so great, but <laughs> I, I remember vividly there was a, there was a day in, or um, an evening in college. I believe it was the summer after my freshman year, maybe almost my sophomore year. And um, I kind of just had a breakdown kind of out of nowhere um, I don't even remember why it happened. You know, obviously, you know, I was out with my friends, and then all of a sudden, I just started like crying. And I, I confided in a girl that I had been dating before. You know, and I mean, it was just kind of a weird. It just like all of a sudden, like blurted out. You know, I didn't like plan on doing it. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't sure if that's what I was. You know, but I right. did it. Um. And you know what? That actually was a time in my life where also where I was in a little bit of a dark place just before that. You know, I wasn't, you know, yeah, things were going great with gymnastics, but mentally I was a little bit in a dark place, kind of like I, I was um, after my gymnastics career ended. Um, and, you know, that's, those are the, the times in your life when you really find the right, the right direction, you know? So my friends were super... Mm supportive and, and that's when I came to terms with it and um, I didn't necessarily tell everyone I mean I didn't hide it necessarily but I, I mean I wasn't broadcasting it um, that sure. that's who I was um, but I made a bunch of friends you know I still have you know some people that I still speak to you know I'm not I don't speak to them as much as I would have liked to but you know I had a tight group of friends in Champaign Illinois you know that were not necessarily associated with the university, you know, they were local guys that had a group and, um, you know, they took me in and we hung out all the time. And I, I've seen them, you know, over the years, you know, they're obviously in different cities now too. They're not all in Champaign. Um, but they were definitely, you know, important for me. And they, th those were the times that I was the happiest, you know, in college when I was hanging around that group of friends, when I felt like I could really be myself, you know, I'm not knocking my gymnastics career or my teammates in gymnastics, but, you know, there was always sure. a part of me that was, you know, a little bit happier when I was like free, you know, to be myself around my friends and my teammates were very supportive and, you know, they, they had fun with us, you know, they hung around my friends too, and they liked my friends too. Um, so I definitely, you know, I was lucky, you know, when it all happened and I didn't really come out to my family necessarily right away. I waited for a couple of years and until I was more like 23 until I was a little bit more stable and serious. And I, had, I had been dating, um, a guy, um, who was a football player at the time. And, you know, my parents had met him and I didn't really, I mean, they obviously probably knew, but. Um, they didn't say anything and I didn't say anything until, you know, a little bit later. Um, right. But, you know, they've been very supportive too. You know, I've never, I, I'm lucky, you know, I've had a great support system and, um, but yeah, that's, I don't know if I answered your question, but. No, you that's did. That's awesome. Pretty much the story. I mean, I, I, 
a lot of people come to that same kind of way where we kind of slowly find our tribe and get out there, and then it just becomes a non-issue. And if we're lucky, our family and friends accept us, and if we don't, we kind of eventually find that family. It takes a little bit. But it's great yeah. that you had some people supporting you in the background. That's always important. Yeah, Talk about, for sure. Let's go into that because we, you did, I mean, I still get people that ask about you to this day, even from a three year ago interview, because they were so impressed with your career and just Aww. killing it. I mean, back in the day, you were just all over the place. You won so many gold medals for the team and for yourself at Pan Am games and things like that. Talk about the height of gymnastics. What was that like? And what were, what were your expectations back in the time? Sure. Um, I mean, so my career was amazing. You know, I, I was literally did every single thing that you could possibly have done in gymnastics, um, except for get an Olympic medal uh, and go to the Olympics. You know, I, I was lucky. Right. One time was when I was an alternate, we actually got a world medal. You know, we got the bronze in Nanning, China in 2004, eh, 15, no, no, it was 2014. Um, and anyways, I'll tell you about the fun stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Honestly, it was a blast. Um, it was a blast. My lifestyle, and you know, this is what I missed the most. You know, my lifestyle was, I was truly living, I was truly living the dream. Um, I was on a plane every two weeks, the last couple of years, you know, I was on a plane every couple of weeks. There was one year when I was almost on a plane every two weeks, like going to another country or going to another state. I was constantly competing. I was traveling. You know, I had friends that were on the gymnastics teams from other countries. I met people that I considered, you know, to be my idols, you know, like Diego Hippolito. You know, he was an old-time gymnast that, Mm, um, I mean, he was a little bit on the gay scene. You know, I don't really know if he was out at the time. I think he is now in Brazil, but I don't want to out anybody (laughs) publicly, so be careful what I say. Um, but you know, it was a really big honor for me to be rolling in those circles, you know, even, even now, you know, just to be friends with and to have met all the gymnasts that I have met, you know, it was such an honor and I was always so excited and, and whatnot, but I truly embraced all of my experiences. You know, I would travel, I would meet the international teams. I would try to get to know them. We would hang out and then I would see them again, you know, in a couple of weeks in another country and, you know, the, the U.S. team paid for everything. We, we were sponsored by the Olympic Committee and also by Hilton Hotels. Um, we would compete for money, for prize money, for purse money in foreign countries. Um, you know, I really had just a blast. You know, I, I, I tried to count the number of places that I went to, and I think it was about 30 different countries I went to. Um, wow. within the six years um, that I was doing gymnastics. And, you know, I, I really miss that lifestyle, but I don't miss, you know, the gymnastics part because towards the end of right. my career, my body did start to break down and I was emotionally exhausted. You know, I was living at the Olympic Training Center. You know, gymnastics is such a weird sport to me because when it comes to the Olympic movement, they they place a high priority on picking the best team, even though that doesn't necessarily mean you get the best athletes in the sport of gymnastics. So mm, right. um, it, it was just a, a weird dynamic living at the Olympic Training Center. You know, I didn't get along with some of the guys, and, 
you know, they, it was just a really stressful environment. So I, I don't miss that part, but I do miss the good stuff. And, and there was a lot of really good I stuff bet. Uh, that went on. So. Right. I can talk like forever. Like I said, the travel. I remember your travel log. Your pictures when you guys were down in Brazil were amazing. Um, yeah. You've always had such a great eye. Uh, talk about the photography and everything, because I've been following your travel logs forever. Um, what yeah. were some of your favorite places to go? Oh man, um, so people always ask me this question, and I have a, such a hard time answering. I really like the places that were culturally shocking, if that makes sense. So, like, the most unique cultures were my favorite. Not necessarily the most beautiful places, but the places that were the most culturally intriguing were my favorite. So, my very first international assignment, it really wasn't glamorous at all. We went to Moscow, but it was a huge culture shock. (laughs) Being in (laughs) Russia... You know, the first time ever outside of America, I mean, I guess I had been to Tijuana, Mexico, and and maybe like Toronto, but um, I hadn't ever traveled outside of the U.S., and I remember just being in the middle of the street in, in downtown Moscow, and all of a sudden, you know, the call for prayer goes off for all the Muslims, and I had no idea there was a large Muslim population in Moscow and all of a sudden, you know, the streets are flooded with Muslims and they're all, they're all doing their, their thing. You know, they're, I don't know exactly what it's called. Doing their thing. Yes. Yes. And they were everywhere. And I I remember being like, this is crazy. This is like such a unique thing that I'm experiencing right now. Uh, You know, and weird things too. Like they, they park on the sides of the streets. you know, in a big city, in a, in a large city, they, they park on the sidewalks, they, um, do all wow. kinds of weird stuff, but yeah, it, it was a weird place, but I also love Japan. Japan was definitely very, very, very unique. Um, I went to Thailand once, not for gymnastics, but that was a, a very unique experience as well because they, they treat their visitors so well. Um, you know, you don't get that kind of hospitality anywhere in the world. I really don't think. Um, right. And I also really love Germany. Um, every time I went to Germany, I made friends. I have friends to this day that I talk to from Germany. The people are just so warm and friendly. You know, there's nothing super out of the ordinary, but their culture is so warming. It's not cold at all, in my opinion. And I think some people think German culture is cold, but maybe because of the language. But I think it was a really warm and friendly country. And I I miss that, too. Sorry. Okay. I that's awesome. Next question. That's okay. Next no, question. I'm drawn to the quirky too, though. I, I like that's the kind of things I like to see. I like the hidden trips that people don't take you to, where you get the locals yeah. to kind of take you in the the bizarre and the adventurous. That's very fun. All right. Well, let's yeah. go back to gymnastics to the to the sure. winding down now. Um, did you have any expectations of what you'd be doing? Like you said, you opened this great studio in Manhattan. Of course, before yeah. COVID and all this and all well, that other stuff. Okay. What were your expectations originally with gymnastics so, as you went so, so obviously, I wanted. It, it's interesting. So my my path was, I had planned to go to medical school and college. I I 
made the national team for the first time the same semester I was studying for the MCAT. And I decided to kind of abandon the medical school journey because I could mm. only use my body for so long. Then obviously I continued on until 2016. I, I failed to make two Olympic teams, but I went to four world championships within that time. And I chose to retire because my body was broken and I didn't want to deal with any more drama. And I kind of was at a crossroads and my, my expectation of course was to have made the Olympics and I didn't really plan too well um, emotionally or <laughs> I, I didn't really take it, you know, I mean, who would, you know, like my only focus was the Olympics and, you know, I actually, sure. I did get an MBA while I was training, you know, I did try to study, you know, further my education and, I had applied to PA school just for fun um, while I was still training and I did not get in. Um, and that's when I kind of discovered the nursing route because there's a bunch of advanced um, bachelor's programs that are less than two years and that you can become a nurse practitioner or CRNA or, you know, there's a bunch of options in nursing that I didn't realize. So right. my expectation with the gym, I opened the gym because I had a friend um, who runs large gymnastics school um, on the East Coast. And okay. um, I had been influenced, you know, by her life and by her experience. And I kind of saw her life as being relatively easy, you know, running a gymnastics school. I didn't really think it was going to be that difficult, you know, given my my career, I thought it would be pretty easy for me to start a gymnastics school. And, and honestly, it really was, you know, the, the gym was doing great. It was growing, but um, obviously COVID and whatnot had a different plan in store for me because who knows, sure. you know, when that would ever be, but truly it, it's given me more of a perspective because, you know, I, I enjoyed some aspects of my business, but I really felt kind of pigeonholed because I wasn't learning anything, you know, and I, I like to work hard. You know, I like to achieve things. I like to learn and I didn't have a goal. So I was drowning, you know, like my personality, I'm goal oriented and I didn't have a goal. I just had this business, you know? Right. Um, and so I was drowning with no goal. I was drowning I wasn't learning much and I really kind of came to the realization. I'm like, no, you know, like I need to pick myself up and, and go back to my original goal. Um, and that was, you know, being in the medical field. And, you know, I, I had been lucky enough to have retaken some prerequisites. I kind of planned a little bit. So I was prepared a little bit to apply for nursing school. I only had to retake one class, you know, when they, gave me my acceptance letter. They made it conditional on me completing one class. I had to retake microbiology. Um, so I had like a month to get it done and I, I sucked it up and got it done before the program started. And here we are today, you know, so I really didn't there have a go. goal. I didn't answer your question. I didn't have an expectation. I just thought living in New York city, you know, I, people always say like the glitz of New York, you know, that is kind of, what I had, you know, I had like a sparkle in my eye to move to New York and run my own business and live in Manhattan. And in reality, it's not that glamorous. <laughs> well, that's kind of my next question. And I'm trying not to do this in kind of a condescending way, but do you think you were maybe living everyone else's dream and not your own? 
Because I mean, yes, you, you I think seemed, like you said, you had this perfect life. You you found the what you thought was your man in your dreams. Obviously, you got married. You're doing your career and everything. But was it really for you, or was it for other people? Do you think? No, it was really. It wasn't. It was definitely for other people. Um, you know, I. You know, I've I've been talking about it a lot lately. You know, I. I never really addressed what happened to me emotionally after the Olympics. Um, and I never took the right steps to grieve and to allow myself to have some time to regroup and figure out who I wanted to be. And instead right. I kind of just you know, relied on what everybody else wanted me to be. And I had the relationships in my life at that point were very controlling. And as a gymnast, it's actually interesting, you know, obviously you guys are familiar with athlete a and, the whole Larry Nasser scandal. I'm sure you, Scott, course, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. And it's interesting, you know, I have been talking to a lot of people, you know, that gymnasts tend to marry those type of dynamics. <laughs> they marry into those dynamics where someone okay. is more overbearing and is controlling you because that's what you grew up with. You know, you gr- I grew up with right. someone – and until I was a 28-year-old, 28-year-old man, I had men, coaches, telling me what to do every single day, literally. They told right. me what I had to accomplish every single day. I never really had a day where I decided what I wanted to do. So I think I was very vulnerable, and that's how I got myself into trouble um, emotionally, living in New York City and opening up my mm. own business and I didn't ever ask myself who I wanted to be and where I wanted to end up, you know, in five or 10 years. So I thought I picked the right, the right path, but obviously the world had different plans for me. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I'm I'm so much happier and healthier. It's, it's, it's great. It's freeing once you figure these things out, you know? I bet. And we're all still learning. I mean, everyone, everyone evolves. I mean, it's not, this might not be your, your path forever. I mean, you're going to have this degree and I think you're going to be a fantastic nurse. I mean, we're talking while you were competing at Olympic level, you were getting your BS in molecular biology and then your MBA. It's not like you were taking the slough classes and doing uh, poetry uh, one-on-one. No, for sure. you, you've always had, like you said, you're very goal-driven, I think, and I think that really shows in how you've created your life but has also made goals that you thought would look good on other people. And I think I've just felt yep. ever since you've been in Syracuse, just through your social media even, knowing you from afar as I have these last five years, that you yeah. really feel at peace with yourself and are learning to love yourself and to be who you are, which is kind of a cool thing. Oh, for sure. It's, it's been incredible. You know, it really has, it hasn't been easy. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but right. it definitely it, it's, it's like so amazing. You know, everything is on the up and up. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. Hannah, what do you, want to, you want to talk about his school and how it's going to, or how his training and everything through sports kind of converts to his new profession. What was your question? Yeah, I was really curious because I was doing like some research and stuff. Um, and 
like we mentioned before, you got a degree in molecular biology and everything, and now you're going back to get another degree. And I wanted to know, like, do you have any, like, specific things that you want to take from your knowledge of your career as a gymnast into what you're learning in this new field? Sure. Um, so that's a great a great question, and it's actually something I've been asking myself. <laughs> um, because, you know, honestly, I have been able to make the most, the, the, the strongest emotional strides by, unfortunately, kind of stepping back from gymnastics and distancing myself. Because up until June, I was actually on the board of directors for USA Gymnastics. I was on the Ethics and Grievance Committee. I was on the Athletes Council. So I was still involved in the sport. I was still trying to give back. Um, right. But, and, and you're right, I learned so much. I, there's so much that I know. There's so much that I can give back to the gymnastics community. But I think right now I want to come up with other ways to develop as a person to try to utilize those skills again one day. But, you know, I think actually – there is one field, there's a few fields of nursing. I don't know if, how much you guys know about nursing, but nursing is a very diverse um, field. Um, of course. There's a lot, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. directions you can go. So the direction that I'm kind of thinking, one of the three, mm-hmm. um, would be <laughs> actually psychiatry. Um, maybe being a nurse or a nurse practitioner um, and maybe, eventually one day bringing that to the gymnastics community because as a gymnast I did learn so much about the psychological games and tricks you know that your mind tries to play on you when you're competing and I learned how to overcome those things while competing Um, and I think I could help other athletes or other people in like high stress environments. I actually gave a talk at Google headquarters right after I retired about this specifically. And I think being a nurse, I might be able to learn a little bit more about it. Um, And there might be some sort of conduit for me to put that like the psychiatric, you know, experience that I had in nursing, or even, even if I take my own, you know, how I deal personally with stress, you know, I think I want to be in a high if I'm not doing psychiatry, I would pick something that's more high energy, like the emergency room or critical care, something like that, where you have to handle stress because that's what I did my whole career. You know, I learned how to handle performance anxiety pretty much. Um, It's definitely a different type of performance anxiety, but maybe, maybe something like that. (laughs) No, definitely. Like you said, there's so many ways you can stretch off that because I have one of our best friends um, for our family is a ER nurse, which is definitely the high stress height, but there's something that you can go. She went to search and rescue helicopter teams and things like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Was able to do. Yeah. So there's some really cool stuff that you can do out of nursing. It's gotta be an interesting time taking class during COVID. Um, oh my gosh. And, and yeah. everything to learn. Talk about that aspect of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, So my program is half at a private college and half at a local hospital. Um, And the, the private college, all the classes are online, but for example, right now I'm only taking three credits at the private college. Those are online. And then I'm taking 12 credits 
at the hospital. So mm, okay. I couldn't believe it, but we actually are attending class. Um, and, you know, they're <laughs> screening everyone. We're, we're following the CDC guidelines, obviously. You know, if, if you've been out of state and, you know, the last two weeks, you're not allowed to go to class. Um, you know, we have our temperature taken every time we go to the hospital. They ask us all the screening questions, you know, that the CDC and the government requires. Um, so they're following the rules. You know, we're socially distant. They split us into two groups. So, like, we're, we're spread out. Um, but I can't, I couldn't believe that we actually had class and they didn't make the call. So my program started on July 7th and they didn't make the call until probably about July 1st that we were actually going to be having class in person. So I was like, well, I don't know what's really happening, but (laughs) here we go. And I'm so happy (laughs) that they, they have, because honestly, I've met so many cool people. Um, you know, I have a bunch of friends already in class and, you know, people that live in Syracuse or that live, they grew up here too, you know? So I feel like I have like a, a little bond or some things in common with them already, you know, just being, you know, people from Syracuse. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, very cool. Yeah. And talk about your downtime because you are, like I said, you, you can find a lake and a mountain that's prettier than anyone I've ever seen. Talk about I what love- draws you to nature and talk about, how you kind of decompress. Yeah, sure. So for me, I grew up as a kid going to Adirondack Mountains every weekend in the summer. And, you know, for me, there's no other place like the Adirondacks. You know, I've been everywhere in the country pretty much. And, you know, we don't have the best weather up here, obviously, in the wintertime. <laughs> but, the summers here are absolutely stunning and the the mountains, you know, are granite, super tall mountains. Uh, You know, you go from sea level to over 5,000 feet high. You know, it's, that is truly, I do those things because that is my way of dealing with stress, honestly. And that's what I like to do. You know, I know it's kind of crazy, but in an ideal world, I would get some job in nursing, you know, that I liked and I would live maybe in Lake Placid or I don't know if you've ever been to Lake Placid or Keene Valley. Yeah. Or Saranac, you know, there's, there's just miles and miles and miles of roll, not rolling, like very, very distinct mountain ranges and, and just stunning places, you know, and that's, that's why I like it up there because I, I, I've always been this way. You know, when I was living at the Colorado Springs training center the Olympic training center, I had a view of the Rocky mountains from my bedroom. Like mm. we had, I had, I, I had a great room. It was wonderful. I remember just from your pictures, you would go out all the time. Oh yeah. I would go out as much as I could in the mountains. But the thing about Colorado, I thought about staying in Colorado for a long time. There's no mountains. I'm sorry. There are mountains, obviously. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm losing it. There's not a lot of lakes. There's not a lot of lakes. There's not a lot of water. There's some. Oh, right. There's nowhere near the amount that they, that exists here um, in upstate New York. Um, so, right. yeah, I just, I love mountains. It calms me down to be able to look at beautiful things. Uh, it always has been a stress reliever. reliever. For me, I don't. I don't know about you, but 
I, I like doing that. Oh, I, I hate every I love minute nature. of going up. Yeah, nature is just <laughs> great. There's something to be said about it, you know. Mother Nature, you know, <laughs> it's therapeutic. No, when I exactly when I moved to Syracuse, I was surprised because you drive by all the Finger Lakes exits and things, and you see a couple off 90 going there. But yeah. until you, I, I finally got to kind of explore, and it's just. There's so much beauty and wonder right right off 90. You're surprising. You go a half hour different ways, oh, yeah. and there's all these great lakes. And as you get into the mountains, it's just beautiful. I loved it there. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely a very real thing. I think people get turned off. <laughs> Excuse me. I think, I think they get turned off because Pleasure. of the weather. You know, the weather can be pretty bad. Um, the winters the winter. are not fun, but. Summer is beautiful. No, but you just got to uh, pick. Yeah, just get a snowmobile. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, wanna, I don't I have missed, one. Uh, I missed a New York State Fair in Syracuse. So I'll have to come to the State Fair, and you'll have to take me hiking on a mountain trip. Cause I, I miss oh, my the gosh, fair. anytime. You have no idea how depressed people are here about COVID, and we're not having the State Fair. <laughs> it's a Dude, deal. I'm a six-hour drive. Don't tempt me. I'll be there every other weekend. I just love to get out and get out and about. It's I can't stand being oh my trapped gosh, you're here. I drive to Lake Erie like every other weekend because I just I know, it's only an hour could. drive from where I'm at. So yeah, take advantage. We will, we will make a plan of it. You're a six-hour drive, so one of these times we'll either I'll come up there, we'll meet halfway in Syracuse, and go somewhere around there. It'll yeah, be no, absolutely, absolutely, we should do that. Very we cool. Well, you know, I'm so excited to have you back on the show. As I said, all the listeners have been asking for a long time. You did this fantastic article in Outsports that I want people to check out. Um, such a great article for that. And I'm just happy to see you happy, my friend. I think that you're, you're, you, you're getting there. And we all have journeys, and you've been on a heck of a journey, but I think you're kind of finding yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. Amazing. Well, continue fantastic studies in school. Let everyone know where they can follow you on social media so they can see these picturesque postcards and this beautiful little puppy of yours as well. Yes, absolutely. You can follow me on Instagram at paul.ruggeri.iii. So paul.ruggeri.third. Or you can follow me on YouTube. I've been posting a lot of the um, adventures through the mountains on YouTube, and I'm really trying to grow that um, because I really like doing art stuff too, film, right, adventure. Everyone's doing it these days. (laughs) Oh, I do do want to ask that question before we go because I remember back in the day you were at one time thinking of being a tattoo artist. You have these amazing tattoos. Have you come up with a tattoo to kind of mark this change and this, this new beginning for you? What are you doing? No, but I'm sure I will. Didn't think for yourself? No, but I'm sure I will. I I had a thought the other day about it. I I haven't thought about what it's going to be, but definitely something to mark this change and, you know, just be moving on to bigger and better things. There you go. I like it. All right. Well, Paul Ruggieri, thanks so much for being on the Left of Straight show. Stay on the line for me, guys. In honor of Paul, we're going to play out with our good friend Kiso, so we don't the week. This is Happily Ever After. Uh, We're going to be back, Han and I, in just a second to wrap things up. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. Thank you. Refuse to believe you don't want me. It saves me, but it kills me inside. 
is deadly when the situation's hopeless, but I'm accepted denial.
hope you guys can hear me. I'm getting All right. Can you hear me? Wow, I don't know what that static was, everybody. Sorry about that. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thanks so much to our special correspondent, Mr. Adam Rothenberg. Be sure to follow him on social and go to the Call Me Adam podcast and blog. Uh, Bearing It All with Adam is an amazing podcast. He talked to some great people. A big shout-out to our friend Paul Ruggieri. Wish him all the best in nursing school. Um, I've been a huge gymnastics fan for a long time. It was great to watch him go through his career. Uh, still a gymnastics fan, but uh, wishing him all the best. I appreciate him taking the time to come on. Thanks for Hand for being in. It looks like uh, she got dropped off here. Oh, she's back. Han is back. We'll see if we still have static. I don't know what happened there. Han, how you doing? We we, we lost you. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I got back onto the show and it immediately gave me static and then dropped me. There you go. Well, that's okay. We'll, we'll fix it out in editing. We're finishing it up now for all you live people. Those that didn't listen to it live, you missed out. We had a static because I'm going to cut it out when I send it to iHeartRadio and iTunes. Yeah. What's on your plan for the rest of the weekend? Anything exciting? Um, I've got a bunch of commissions that I'm working on currently, uh, and taking care of some projects for upcoming, like, internships and art school stuff. Amazing. I was going to have you design my logo for my new podcast. I should have done that, but I figured you were probably busy. But one of these days, I'm going to have you design a logo for me. I will hire you. I definitely would enjoy it. There you go. We're going to wrap it up, guys. Again, thanks to Adam Rothenberg and Paul Jerry on tomorrow's show. It's a Wednesday, so that means the boys from J&J Buzz will be here. We'll have our Pop Culture Minute with Jeff and Josh. And then my special guest tomorrow, we're going to do a live interview with BP Major. He is an Australian entertainer. He is a dancer, a singer. He does it all. He is in a new show, Major and Minors, where he is kind of mentoring these two younger girls for their entertainment career. It's a lot of fun. So we're going to be talking to BP Major tomorrow on the Left of Straight show. You guys all have a great evening. We'll talk to you then at 6 o'clock tomorrow, Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. Bye-bye.